Hello, Rockin' fans, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fantastic co host, the one and only editor in chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. How are you today? It is March 10th, and I must first ask you, have you washed your hands completely for two minutes before starting this podcast? No, I did, but it's uh, it's been a while here, so I'll just reach over for my hand sanitizer and okay. get that looked after as well. It's not homemade hand sanitizer from Tito's Vodka or anything like that, correct? <laughs> now, that's... Now, I shouldn't say it's hilarious because it's it's sad that people are doing those kinds of things. First, wasting wasting the vodka. You're but wasting secondly, good thinking vodka. That would, yeah. Secondly, thinking that that that's going to work because uh, you need far more alcohol content than than that to to do anything. Well, hey, um, you know, if you run out of your own hand sanitizer, don't worry, Governor Cuomo in, in the state of New York. He thinks that he can produce a, a better quality product than uh, those those uh, those neighborhood Purell guys, and so uh, he's you know he's announced that he's planning to just ramp up uh, New York State made hand sanitizer made by none other than the inmates in the prison system <laughs> for That's a true. cheaper for a cheaper price than. Uh, you can buy with Purell and Amazon. But I guess, you know, when you pay your workers 53 cents a day, I'm, I would imagine you could keep your overhead pretty low. You know what works as well? <laughs> What's that? So, uh, soap. soap <laughs> Bar soap. Great. Bar soap works just fine. And, it works uh, just fine. You know, so if you brought home some hotel bar soap, just now's the time to reach under the sink and, and get it out and, and, and use it. It, it plain bar soap will work just fine. As long as you, you know, are, are uh, in, industrious and, and, and scrub for the, the minute or so that you need to, um, it'll just, just, just fine. What I enjoy <laughs> is that there's now, you know, because the, uh, the, the recommendation is that you sing happy birthday twice while you're washing your hands. Or the national sure that, anthem. Or the national anthem. So I, I, this is what I love now that, that uh, there's this whole, <laughs> there's like a new thread out there now of different things that you can sing. So you don't have to keep singing happy birthday. <laughs> and so I've, I've, seen a lot of um i've seen a lot of really interesting suggestions there's i saw a suggestion uh today um that if you recite the entire voiceover open to law and order svu um that <laughs> will you know in the criminal justice system uh, if you recite that whole thing while you're watching your the the creativity is um is is really out there like it's i heard a quiz show on the radio on my way to work um today that uh, was the quiz the, the trivia was we're going to name the chorus to a song and you have to tell the DJ that when you call in whether or not that song would be CDC approved to sing that chorus while you wash your hands basically is that chorus 20 seconds long or not we've reached All this right. point in society here we are well 
my my brother's a paramedic, and I saw him post on Facebook um, uh, something about all of these people who uh, this is a new discovery for them that washing <laughs> your hands should be a thing. He said, you know, that kind of explains that kind of explains a lot of people that have been back in the back of the ambulance. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's wash your hands. Not only will it, I mean, not even in this situation, if you'd like to get a, the common cold or the flu a lot less, maybe, I don't know, wash your hands. <laughs> maybe cover your mouth if you cough or sneeze. Sneeze into your elbow. I mean, it's, it's as you say, uh, it's not a laughing matter. Uh, and, of course, this is not the coronavirus podcast. We're going to get to hockey here in a second. But uh, it's just ironic that, um, in the 21st century, we have to remind people that basic hand washing and um, social hygiene uh, is effective. Period. <laughs> and and yes, it's it's um, it's not something to to we're not making light of it, and uh, no. it's it's deadly serious, and and uh, and. There's been a lot of of news about it just today, and certainly uh, a lot of news since our last podcast. So um, we've we've had we've had messages um, to our Rocket Sports text line saying, mm-hmm. uh, "Can you please tell us what's going on?" And uh, you know, I've I've had a few people asking, "Should we go to games? Um, um, should we? What, what what should we do?" And uh, so. We're going to talk saying about that. We thing. have all the answers, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's on that's on the agenda for today. That is uh, first. However, in our first segment, we are going to talk about the Laval Rocket, and uh, they've uh, they've been back in that win column quite a bit, which is which is great for them. There's a lot of energy around the team again. Uh, so we're going to talk about how the uh, the end of their road trip went this past week for two games in Cleveland. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to just highlight some roster changes give you an injury report update because unfortunately that's been a factor uh, in, in recent days with Laval and uh, give you a a kind of a status report on what in the world is happening with Cole Caulfield these days. Um, After that, we're going to go around the AHL in our second segment, uh, introduce the player of the week to you. Uh, Talk about a new affiliation that's going to take place in the AHL next year. There's a there's a kind of a saga that started a few weeks ago that is now the next chapter of that has been revealed. Uh, And then to round out that segment, we are going to talk about the coronavirus COVID-19, not in necessarily general, broad, global terms, but uh, in terms of how it relates to our sport of hockey, particularly here in North America, at all league levels, not just the AHL, uh, and what you can expect to start seeing happen and what is already happening around the world in terms of how this is going to affect hockey and hockey's fans and uh, those of us in the media who cover the sport. Uh, and then finally, in the third segment, we're going to go beyond the AHL. We're going to introduce you to uh, a, a little controversy happening with the Fort Wayne Comets right now. It's a kind of a sort of a breaking story within the last 24 hours, a very fluid story, not uh, not a ton of information out about it, but we do want to share with you what we know because uh, it's certainly something I, I've not heard of before, and it's, uh, it's an, going to be an interesting thing to follow. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about today, Rick. Uh, and um, and yes, make sure I mean, we should we should be doing every, you know regular hand sanitizer checks throughout our program today. 
All right. I'm up for that. <laughs> well, let's, uh, as, as we mentioned, um, Laval has been on a, an upswing uh, uh, of sorts in the last uh, couple of weeks. Rounding out their five-game road trip, they managed to get four out of five wins. That was vastly different from the road trip uh, prior to that when they had zero wins. Uh, and so the playoff race continues. Now, as we mentioned last week, uh, they were out of a playoff spot, but right on the bubble trying to get back in. They uh, they needed to definitely get four points on the road in Cleveland last week. And frankly, as we mentioned, we expected them to do that, Cleveland being uh, towards the bottom of the entire East Conference, frankly. They're definitely in the basement in the North Division, and they're uh, one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference this year. Uh, and so they did as expected. They won both of those games. To their credit, uh, they won in pretty pretty outstanding fashion. They put up five goals against Cleveland in each game. So 10 goals over the course of 24 hours is uh, not too shabby of an outing for the Laval Rocket. Uh, in the first uh, tilt on Thursday night, Caden Primo was in net, uh, backstopping the team to a 5-2 to two victory over the Cleveland Monsters. And then on Saturday night, Michael McNiven got the start, and he backstopped the team to a 5-1 to one victory over the Cleveland Monsters. So not only was Laval out there putting a lot of pucks in the net uh, from a lot of different guys. Jake Lucchini got his first two goals uh, with the Laval Rocket. He got he scored those on uh, Saturday. Joe Cox also had a two game uh, two goal game that day on uh, uh, excuse me that was on Friday. On Thursday it was guys like uh, Yannick Veya with two goals. Michael Pizzetta, Alexander Alan, just Barry Kotkinemi. Scored his first goal in the AHL. Granted, it was an empty netter, but he did get uh, in the goal column that night. Um, so guys were scoring. Uh, guys who uh, are new to the team were typically not scoring were scoring. The def- uh, they had quality goaltending both nights. In fact, both goaltenders have performed pretty well over the last couple of weeks. And the defense stepped up. Uh, not a lot of shots were getting through uh, for those goaltenders to have to stop. So, Rick, it was uh, it was a pretty positive, as far as the product on the ice and the results, it was a pretty positive week for the Laval Rocket. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, the it was nice to see Kotkaniemi get his first goal. As you said, an empty net goal, but we remember back earlier this season when uh, Jake Evans had started slow, it was uh, an empty net goal that kind of unlocked uh, the offense for Jake Evans, and, and he went on a bit of a tear after that. Um, as you said, it was kind of um, uh, Laval went in and did what they had to do. I have not always been great on the road this, this season, so uh, nice to see them go into that big rink in in Cleveland. And, um, and just a, a, a tip of the cap to uh, Monsters fans because um, – you know, as you said, um, probably bottom three or four in the in the AHL this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Yet, who's leading attendance, average attendance uh, this season? Number one, the Cleveland Monsters at uh, 9,000 fans per game. So, uh, good for them in coming out and supporting a team that's uh, – that's having um, a, a bit of a rough time and, and team that's, that's lost nine out of their last 10 games uh, that they played. 
Well, let me tack on to that. In fact, I thought it was pretty impressive that for the Thursday night game, uh, they had in attendance 6,891 fans. I said, okay, that's pretty respectable for a Thursday night. Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday night. Friday night's game, 13,056 people in attendance at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for that game. 13,000. There's, That's I mean, there are, there are NHL teams uh, who will not be named who probably some nights don't put 13,000 bums in seats in their arenas. Um, that's, that's outstanding. So congratulations, as you say, to the Cleveland monsters for that. Um, so yes, it was, it was an exciting weekend. Uh, it put the rocket back into, uh, they were about a point, I believe out of, no, excuse me. They were tied. Actually, they were tied d- due to other divisional opponents and how they performed last weekend. They ended the weekend. They ended their weekend tied uh, for fourth place with Binghamton for that last playoff spot. Although Binghamton with the slightly better win percentage had possession of fourth place. So, so the rocket were in fifth place. Now here's where things start to work against Laval, no matter what they do on the ice. Binghamton then went on uh, with with Laval playing Thursday and Friday. They had the rest of the weekend off. The rest of the division did not. Binghamton played Saturday and Sunday. Binghamton had two goals or two games in hand on Laval after that game. Those games finished on Friday night, and sure enough, Binghamton used both of those games in hand on Saturday and Sunday to win in their both respective games. And so now Laval is, and Syracuse managed to to, to uh, win a game in there as well, pushing Laval down to sixth place, four points now behind Binghamton in that last playoff spot. So those games in hand that we've been talking about, Toronto still has one or two of those as well. Uh, those are the things where um, those games that they should have been winning might come back to bite them a little bit because, other teams are also trying to make the playoffs and it's so tight in the North division that these games in hand with the rocket having a very heavy schedule at the beginning of the season, other teams are now catching up. And if they do like Binghamton did this weekend and do it with wins, uh, it's, it's going to get really difficult for Laval. This week is going to be critical for Laval. They are at home for three games this week. All three are against North division opponents. Belleville on Wednesday. Now Belleville uh, has been a difficulty for them this season, but they have managed to win once or twice. Uh, so, so we'll see if they're able to do that again. The big key is Friday and Saturday when they welcome those same Binghamton Devils to Place Bell. So those two games, those two teams will literally be Binghamton will be fighting to keep their distance on Laval. Laval will be fighting to gain that ground back on them. Uh, so Rick, it's it's uh you know <laughs> the stretch the stretch run down to the playoffs is always exciting. You know, you everybody becomes you know an advanced uh, algebra mathematician trying to figure out the numbers and who does what and who's who needs to do what. Um, the frustrating part is when you do what you did in Laval last weekend, uh, and you still find yourself pushed back down into the standings because other teams are succeeding as well. So it's going to be pretty interesting uh, coming here down the stretch. 
Well, as you said, it, it's, um, you know, that Lavelle had, had uh, all those games played and now the other teams are making that up. It, Utica and Toronto uh, still have a game in hand, uh, but it's evening out now. And uh, the difficulty when you're chasing that four slot, uh, which is where the, um, you know, uh, Laval has its sights um, and and currently occupied by the Binghamton Devils. And as you mentioned, Binghamton coming in twice this week to, to Laval. Uh, Binghamton has been better than anyone in the league over the last 10 games who's not named mm-hmm. the Providence Bruins. Providence has won 11 out of their last 12, but Binghamton has won 9 out of their last 10. Um, they're on a, a six-game winning streak. Um as I said, nine out of their last 10 and um, they're playing really well. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, well, Laval has the, the home ice uh, advantage. Binghamton's on quite a roll. So those two games this week against Binghamton are going to be key to seeing if, if uh, Laval can make up some of that ground or if they're going to fall uh, a little bit further back. Um and as you said, um, you know, it is that time when you start checking the, the AHL playoff primer, their, um, their magic number uh, list um, that's very colorful to look at. It <laughs> is. It it's all quite straight. pretty. <laughs> um, but what we might have this week, it's, it's very possible uh, that we might have one team in the NHL qualify for the playoffs uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, uh, their magic number is just four. Um, oh. So uh, they could be wow. the first team. Yeah, they could be the first team in the AHL to uh, qualify for the Calder Cup playoffs. My goodness. Gosh, are we there already? It seems, This season mm-hmm. has flown by. It just really has flown by that we're already talking about uh, potentially starting to clinch playoff positions. So that is going to be... Uh, a lot of fun to watch. Now, this week, as we said, very exciting games. But um, as is the case every day for every AHL team, of course, there's uh, some adversity to deal with uh, for coaches dealing with consistent and constant changes in their roster. Uh, for Joel Bouchard last week, um, right before, actually, Kale Fleury took warm-ups on Thursday night for that first game against Cleveland and then ended up being a late scratch uh, and did not play that night or the next night. Uh, in fact, he did not practice today either. So it looks like I, I'm not sure. We don't have information yet on, on whether or not this was something that occurred during warm-up or if there was a, a, an injury, a, a nagging injury that suddenly got worse during warm-up. We don't know what, what it is, but we do know that Kale Flurry has been out of the lineup for two games. Uh, and it does not look like he's going to play tomorrow night since he he was not on the ice for practice today. Uh, add to that, Jesse Yelonen was along on the road trip and practiced with his teammates last week, uh, but he still did not make his Rocket debut and, again, does not look like he's going to do so tomorrow night. Uh, he was practicing in a non-contact jersey today. However, Anthony Marcotte did report that Joel Bouchard said it's possible that you might see him slot in this weekend against Binghamton. So uh, whatever that nagging injury is uh, from, from coming over from Europe, it's not quite there yet. So fans, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer before you see Yessi Alonen uh, suit up for the, for the rocket. Uh, but perhaps the, the most um, 
Oh, well, and I should say uh, Justin Woods was released from defenseman. Justin Woods was released from his PTO. Uh, Joel Bouchard will be getting a new face uh, to the lineup. Um, Andrew Sturtz, uh, who of course was uh, traded to Laval, um, has not played yet for Laval. He was immediate. uh, He had an injury uh, and then went to the ECHL for basically not on a conditioning stint, but they sent him down to the main Mariners to, to kind of get his game legs back. Um, he has been reassigned now to Laval. So I expect he'll be in the lineup tomorrow night. Um, he played in seven games, Rick, with, with the main Mariners scored a goal and had three assists. So, um, you know, was, was able to be productive a little bit, um, four points in those seven games. So we'll see, well, I, I think we'll finally get our first opportunity to see uh, Andrew Sturtz this week. Um, the Probably the biggest news of all, however, was what happened on Friday night's game in Cleveland. Uh, during the first period, both of these games, for whatever reason, against the Monsters were really chippy. Uh, there was a lot of physicality. There was a lot of tensions that were kind of simmering, a lot of pushing and shoving, a lot of scrums after whistles and hits, particularly on Friday night. After getting manhandled the way they did on Thursday, it really seemed that Cleveland's coach, uh, in fact, their broadcaster said as much on on Friday uh, during the game that he told them, you go out and you hit everything and you finish every check. And they absolutely did that, particularly in the first period and particularly against Yasperi Kotkaniemi. He was, there was a target on Yasperi Kotkaniemi's back uh, during, during that period. And one shift that he took late in the first, uh, he was actually hit pretty big three to separate times. Uh, and one of those was a really big hit along the boards right in front of the Cleveland bench. It almost actually upended him over the boards, but you see him get pinched in along that, that, that top lip of the boards pretty hard. Uh, he didn't return to the game and it was then announced the next day that he actually was taken to the hospital, kept for observation for a day, uh, before he was released to come back to Montreal with a spleen injury. Uh, now, he has not had to have surgery on the spleen yet. Uh, they're still doing some evaluations, uh, and a further medical update hasn't been, hasn't been put out yet. But, Rick, this is absolutely the last thing that you want to hear from your third overall draft pick um, trying, trying to claw his way back to the NHL. Yeah, especially if if the aim was to send him to get some confidence and, and be able to uh, play more minutes, which he was playing, um, you know, around 18 minutes a game um, uh, by estimates. Um, uh, but it's it's uh, devastating news. Um, it's not we don't know the extent of the injury, but it's not something we're going to be um, expecting to see him um, very soon um, uh, on uh, 91.9 this morning, uh, Joel Bouchard said that, uh, and this comes via our um, AHL report team member, Chris G. Um, J, uh, um, Bouchard said that we won't be seeing uh, Paling or Kotkaniemi uh, on the ice in the in the short term. Um, so it's it's pretty vague, but but um, I don't think anyone was expecting to. Um, to uh, see him back very soon. Um, but it, it might, uh, he, 
the head coach might be hinting at a, at a longer term um, uh, layoff for uh, both uh, first round uh, Canadians draft picks. It's really unfortunate. Paling didn't, uh, in fact, didn't make the trip to Cleveland last week. Uh, so it sounds like he's going to be out for a while as well. The the injury to Kotkaniemi is very concerning. Um, what really kind of sticks in my craw is that I, and I took a lot of heat when I said it. Um, I said it here on this podcast and I said it on Twitter and I got a lot of pushback for it. Um, and, and everyone who listens to this podcast has listened to me or follows me on Twitter. No, we are all about prospect development. The AHL is the best place for, for prospects to develop before they go to the NHL. So this is, it was never in any way, shape or form, uh, um, an argument against Yasperi Kotkaniemi spending any kind of time in the AHL. Um, we can have a longer discussion on a different day about how Rick and I both stated from the beginning uh, last year in his rookie season that he should not have been kept in Montreal, that he should have gone back to Finland for a year uh, and then progressed slowly, come over, played in Laval for a while, and then graduated to the NHL. We can have that conversation on another day. There's plenty to debate about that. My point when he got sent down this time if you'll remember, and you can go back and look at my tweets where I said it too, I said, keep in mind, A, there's going to be a transition period for him because the AHL is a different kind of game. It plays at a different speed, and the guys check a lot harder. And I said, guys like Yasperi Kotkaniemi have a gigantic target on their backs. There are guys who are career AHLers, big guys, tough guys, enforcer-type guys that want to make a name for themselves. They are going to target him to say, hey, welcome to the American League, buddy. You're not in the NHL anymore. And this is one of those occasions where I, I, I would have preferred to not be right. But this injury is exactly what I was afraid was going to happen. And the injury happened because, as, as we said, he was targeted a lot in that period. Three times, three big hits on him in that, in that shift alone that took him out with a spleen injury. So, Rick, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's an unpleasant part of the game that when you've got a big star that suddenly has to come down and play in the American League for a little while, there are guys that, that want to take advantage of that for not-so-nice reasons. No, that's true, and and it's it's not that. Uh, I mean, um, there's big hits in the NHL. There's there's it's, sure. there's it's it's a far more physical game the NHL um, than the AHL. Um, the the impacts come at uh, a higher speed uh, uh, because of the speed and skill of the players. But at the AHL, it just seems there's a preponderance of of dirty hits. Um, and that's because there are players that uh, aren't going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. They are AHL veterans. Um, and um, it's, it's an opportunity for them when a, when a star uh, prospect, uh, particularly a first-round pro- prospect, particularly a top-ten prospect, uh, comes down, and it's not as if Kakinami started the season. It's they know that that he's he's at a fragile point, and uh, they're wanting to put um, a little bit of a punctuation point on on the fact that he's had to return. Um, so yes, they they will target uh, those players, and um, and it's it's the kind of thing that. 
um, you know, was, was almost predictable and, and you certainly Mm -hmm. don't want to see that. Um, but you know, this, 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 the whole way that, um, that Kotkaniemi has been handled, uh, the transition to the NHL has been, uh, hasn't been handled well. And, uh, just because he was able to perform well in his first, um, half of the season or, or maybe even more than that, uh, in his first year, um, it, it doesn't mean it, it was a success. It, it, um, and it obviously hasn't been a success because he wasn't able to build on uh, what he established in, in the first half of last season. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate and, and, um, um, it's, it's something that, um, the Canadians have to take a bigger role in, um, and, and just sending him back, uh, last summer in the off season and, 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 you know, go to work and, and do your own thing kind of thing obviously didn't work. Um, and the Canadians have to take more of a hands-on approach. And if that means, uh, Kakinyemi spending uh, the summer in Montreal, where he can work with the uh, the trainers and the, the strength people and and um, whoever he, they need to put him with. Um, that's that's what will have to happen. But before that happens, now he's going to have to recover from um, this significant injury um, that he that he suffered this week. Absolutely. So we w- we wish him uh, the best. We wish all of them the best in their recovery. There's a lot of guys who are uh, who are recovering from injuries, and we hope they're back on the ice soon. Um, but of course, in the meantime, those games do need to be won. And so, as we said, it's going to be a big week ahead. Uh, in fact, uh, you mentioned. Uh, my colleague Chris G here at the AHL report, he was kind enough to get us uh, some audio from some quotes uh, on 91.9 from this past weekend after the Cleveland game. And the first, I actually want to, Josh Brook and Joe Cox um, both had pretty good uh, weekends in in Cleveland and they both spoke uh, to the tune of what it takes for their team to continue to be successful with so many guys out of the lineup for injuries and for call-ups to the NHL, don't forget Lucas Vedemo uh, got recalled to Montreal uh, last week as well. So they're down another forward there. Uh, and so here's what Josh Brook and then jo- uh, and then Joe Cox had to say about filling in those positions when they open up. Yeah, absolutely. One guy goes down, another guy steps in and takes his spot and does it well. Right? It's uh, everyone's uh, pulling on the rope together, and uh, it's it's looking good. You just see, like, when guys get, we got a couple call-ups, we got guys hurt and whatnot, and that just makes people uh, who don't play as many minutes kind of step up, and we kind of rally around that, and we just got a really good group of guys in there who kind of just pick each other up when things aren't going our way. And so both of them, Rick, it, you know, obviously saying all the right things, and, and yeah, they're, the guys the guys who are stepping in and, and contributing, as we said, Jake Lucchini was able to get a couple of goals. Joe Cox uh, is... is filling in where he can. He was going to score sheet as well. Josh Brook uh, doing everything he can. Um, it's just, it's a, that's what a functioning AHL team is supposed to do that no matter who is in and out of the lineup, the rest of the guys need to be able to come together and gel and find that chemistry and, and get away uh, to get those wins. Um, Joe Cox then actually went on and taught, we mentioned that, um, 
goaltending has been pretty good in the last couple of weeks and that uh, Michael McNiven got his third start uh, in the AHL this season on Friday. Uh, He actually has won all three of his starts, so hasn't lost a game yet uh, this season. Uh, And Joe Cox had a comment about um, McNiven's play and, and how the team plays in front of him. He comes up here and he's nothing but hard work and the practices, whenever he gets in the games, he's just hard work shut down. You can see how focused he is. And I mean, everyone's just happy for him and just everyone plays that much harder for him. So Rick, if, if Laval can continue to get some solid goaltending from both Primo and McNiven, uh, and if the defense can, can stay strong and if they can keep finding ways to get, to get goals, uh, you know, there's some optimism on for the month ahead. Um, but admittedly, the opponents this week are, are going to be a little more difficult than uh, than the Cleveland Monsters were for them last week. But it should be it should be a really entertaining and fun uh, set of games for fans this week. Yeah, it's it's a team now that that has to work very hard, and and uh, the roster's kind of uh, evening out, I'd say to. Uh, uh, that is the Laval Rocket to uh, be more similar of of the teams that they're competing against. We heard, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, people were calling this uh, a Calder Cup bound um, uh, roster. Uh, the broadcaster said this was possibly the best um, uh, roster that had ever been assembled in the AHL with all of that NHL experience. Um, uh, kind of t- taking over from the uh, and and the the um, AHL heavy experience as well and and now the roster is kind of uh, more typical. They have to be a hardworking team. They have to be a cohesive team, um, mm-hmm. and that's um, uh, that's that's good to see. And and these games this week should be pretty exciting. They absolutely should be. So be sure you're following along uh, on Twitter at the AHL report uh, for all of the live game updates. And of course, be sure you're uh, checking AHLreport.com after each game uh, for our full game recaps, which give you all the details. Um, as, as we always say, that's the best place. While we don't break down play by play what happens uh, in each game here on the podcast, the best place for you to go and get all of the information about what happened in games and statistics and our game reports and video highlights. And, and many times there's audio to listen to as well. Um, you'll want to go to AHLReport.com and click on our recaps. And that gives you all of the information that you'll need. Uh, one more thing I should mention before we take a quick break. I just wanted to uh, tip of the hat, say thank you to the gentleman at ONB Puckcast. That is the fourth period Philadelphia's uh, podcast based on the Flyers uh, and their prospects. Uh, I want to thank them for uh, having me on as a guest uh, representing Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report uh, this week. In fact, last night uh, it was a great uh, great lengthy discussion about the Flyers prospects and how the Phantoms have been doing and, and what the future is looking like for Scott Gordon and Elaine Vigneault and, uh, and all the kids coming up along on the farm. Uh, it was a great conversation with the four guys from the O&B Puckcast, so thanks so much for them. And I encourage all of our Flyers and Phantoms fans to go check it out and listen to it. Uh, dished out a lot of great information, so um, thanks to them, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I listened to it late last night, and and tons of information. It was a, 
it was a, a, a great description of, of with a focus on the prospects and, and uh, uh, very knowledgeable and, and uh, great discussion. Um, it was uh, worth listening to. Thank you very much. I'm glad you glad you're able to listen to them. And I've made a couple of appearances on Snow the Goalie on 610 ESPN with Philadelphia uh, this year. It's it's um, for our even if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, if you just want to learn more about prospects around the league, uh, you know, it's what we work so hard here to do. And we certainly appreciate uh, our colleagues in the Philadelphia media who um, come to us to to get some analysis and some commentary on prospects because they know that we put a lot of focus on that. So uh, thanks to them again, and be sure to go and check that out. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to go around the AHL. We're going to tell you about some new affiliations that are going to happen next year in the league. And yes, we are going to talk COVID-19 and its effect on our sports. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. I mentioned it in our first segment, but I'll say it again. Don't forget to go follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That is the hub of all of our information from our entire team, whether you're a fan of the Canadians, the Flyers, the Phantoms, the Laval Rocket, or any other team across the league, and you just like to learn about prospects, uh, we invite you to follow us there for all of the latest. Um, this segment, Rick, we go around the AHL. It's funny. You were talking in the first segment about uh, just how dynamic the Binghamton Devils have been as of late. Uh, so it, does it really come as any surprise to you that this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week is from the Binghamton Devils? Not at all. Not at all. Well, that would be forward Ryan Schmelzer has been selected as the Player of the Week. Uh, two goals and four assists in just three games over the weekend. Yes, the Devils had one of those dreaded three-in-threes this weekend. Uh, so six points for that young man uh, in those three games. Um, in fact, he started the week with his first three-point night of his pro career, scoring the game-winning goal and picking up two assists in a 6-4 to four victory over Wilkes-Barre Scranton on Friday night. Um, had a goal and an assist over Lehigh Valley on Saturday, and then another assist in the Devils' 3-0 shutout against Wilkes-Barre on Sunday. So I would say that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty effective weekend. I would just like to, uh, while we're talking about players around the AHL, I'd just like to mm-hmm. welcome back uh, Mark Letestu. Um, 
And Mark Latestu is uh, assigned by the Winnipeg Jets to the Manitoba Moose on a conditioning uh, assignment. Uh, we talk about, you know, injuries with, with the Canadians uh, organization or others. And, and they've been, uh, you know, there's certainly been a lot talked about it, but the Canadians are actually kind of middle of the road when it comes to, um, I think 15th or 16th, when it comes to man games, lost injury, a team like the Winnipeg Jets has been uh, decimated. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and one of those players was Mark Latestu. Mark Latestu's a, a, a veteran forward, 35 years old, played for um, Edmonton and Pittsburgh and, and Columbus and, and uh, Winnipeg. And he only got in seven games this year. Uh, and then he was diagnosed with an inflammation of the heart, um, pretty serious condition. Uh, so it's nice to see him uh, get through whatever uh, rehab that he's had. And, and part of that is is uh, coming down to uh, the Manitoba Moose, uh, VHL, and conditioning assignment, and hopefully then uh, making his way back uh, to the NHL. So a good news story there with respect to injuries, a good news story, and, and glad to see him uh, back on the ice. Absolutely. That's fantastic to hear. We like, we like those kinds of stories. Um, I am going to uh, go kind of off book here for a moment because there's some breaking news out of Philadelphia. Um, Those of you in Philadelphia that pay attention to prospects, you'll be happy to hear that the Flyers have signed defenseman Wyatt Wiley to his three-year entry-level contract. Uh, Remember, uh, he was a 2018 draft pick, um, played, uh, was playing with the Everett Silvertips, um, six foot, 190 pound right-handed defenseman. Uh, so uh, he's had a career high in goals this year, 14 goals, 50 assists, 64 points in 62 games with silver tips this year. Uh, his 50 assists led all defensemen in the WHL and his 64 point season finished second among all WHL defensemen. Um, so he, uh, we, he's a familiar name. He's been to Flyers development camp and training camp uh, each of the last two seasons since he was, since he was drafted. And uh, the Flyers have just signed him to his entry-level contract. So congratulations. We'll be, uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about him coming soon. Um, switching gears, sorry for the uh, distraction from our around the AHL, but we like to bring you breaking news when we have it. Um, we talked a little bit a few weeks ago about the big shakeup that's happening uh, with Las Vegas wanting their uh, AHL affiliates to start playing in Nevada. So they went ahead and, and purchased the rights to the San Antonio Rampage and plan to move them. Uh, and in fact, we mentioned last week, actually, that the AHL Board of Governors has approved uh, that move. So that will, in fact, happen, that the, the Rampage will move to Las Vegas for next season. Uh, so, of course, that leaves... San Antonio without a team that also excuse me, leaves the Chicago Wolves without an affiliation because the Chicago Wolves has been and currently is the AHL affiliate for the Vegas Golden Knights. So there's been a lot of speculation. Okay, well, who's going to go to Chicago now? Um, well, there's, we, we still don't quite know the answer to that. Um, however, we do know that the Springfield Thunderbirds will have a new affiliation next year. Currently, the Springfield Thunderbirds are the AHL affiliate of the Florida Panthers, um, and they play in Springfield, Massachusetts. 
The Springfield Thunderbirds, however, now have signed a five-year affiliation agreement beginning next season with the St. Louis Blues. So, Rick, that leaves now Chicago without an affiliate. Florida doesn't have an AHL affiliate. And there's some rumors running around that, you know, you would think, okay, well, then Florida will perhaps take Chicago for their AHL affiliate. But then there's also some rumblings that, and I don't, I, someone explained to me the logic behind this, if it actually ends up being true, that Carolina would be interested in sending their affiliate to Chicago instead of being in the same state, which I don't, I don't know how much credence that uh, speculation holds, but it has been uh, spun around out there a little bit. So lots of movement. There's going to be a lot. The, the AHL is going to look a lot different next year. Yeah, the the one with uh, Carolina is an odd one because uh, uh, their uh, AHL affiliate is is in Charlotte, um, and um, that has to be it has to have something to do with uh, you know a dispute about the arena or, or a cost issue, a leasing mm-hmm. issue. There there has to be something in there that's uh, that's making them look elsewhere, particularly um, as you said, out of state. It's it's bizarre, but we haven't heard anything else about that right now. But what we do know, Springfield um, will now be the affiliate uh, for the St. Louis Blues. I'm kind of excited about that, Rick, because it means and I, and I think I mentioned this to you on the day that the, the news broke about this um, is that it means that uh, the Eastern Conference gets to see a whole new slate of prospects uh, because Currently, the St. Louis Blues AHL affiliate plays in in the Central Division, I believe, um, and we don't see them all that often. So this means we'll now have a new Eastern Conference team that's going to bring us a whole new field of AHL players and prospects that folks in the East aren't accustomed to seeing. So that's always exciting to get to uh, to see some fresh blood, I guess, as they say. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting uh, to see how where all the chips lie when the dust settles uh this is a you know continually updating story and we'll be sure to bring you more news on it as it develops the big news of course um unless you've been living under a rock uh, for the past couple of months uh, i'm sure that you've heard the terms coronavirus or covid19 um hundreds of times throughout the day every day uh as it should be it is a it is a serious um crisis that's happening around the world right now. It is, uh, has se- severe health consequences uh, for certain, for everyone, uh, because even if you might not get sick, um, you could be a carrier and uh, pass it along to people who are either compromised with their immune system, have underlying uh, medical conditions, elderly, older population, that those kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's been something that uh, governments worldwide are having to contend with. You're seeing news about it every day. Of course, we, we um, played a little bit with the hand washing at the beginning of this show. But the big thing has been, how is this going to impact the sport of hockey? And you're already seeing it happened, happen. Uh, Italy was the first one. Um, they shut down everything in Italy. And in fact, Italy, Italy's entire country is quarantined at this moment, at this point in time. Um, but then you started seeing 
as cases started to pop up in Canada, cases started to pop up in certain uh, hot spot areas around the the United States, uh, it's starting to become a bigger concern, particularly when we know that uh, the incubation period isn't 14 days, as, as they initially said, it's closer to a month that you can be asymptomatic and, and not know that you're carrying um, those types of things. And because it's so easily transmitted, there's just a lot at stake. And so then you put everybody together in a big arena indoors and it becomes something pretty serious that that people need to look at. Of course, Gary Bettman came out uh, over the weekend with the announcement that the the NHL was going to now, um, well, and and in fact, yesterday, it was kind of a a joint statement with the other professional sports leagues uh, that uh, effective immediately, uh, media would not be permitted in any locker rooms, dressing rooms, clubhouses, across the sports, uh, so on and so forth. But it's gone further than that, now with Santa Clara County in California uh, putting a, a restriction, a ban on any event with more than a thousand people, that of course affects the SAP Center where the San Jose Sharks play. It's going to affect the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL. Um, and so uh, the San Jose Sharks are already saying, okay, uh, we're going to be looking at what the contingency plan is going to be, keeping in mind the Montreal Canadiens are supposed to play there next week. Um, Today, this snowball is picking up avalanche-like speed, Rick. Um, We see over the weekend the IIHF canceled the Women's World Hockey Championships that were supposed to be held in Halifax, uh, not postponed. I know they like to use the word postponed, but they postponed it for a year. They're not going to play it this year. They're going to play it next year. Um, Then we see that European leagues are starting to say, okay, we're going to be postponing the playoffs the German league has officially canceled their season. They will not crown a champion of the German league uh, this year. Uh, they, they are, I mean, that's Red Bull Munich, Adler Mannheim, Eisbären Berlin. I mean, these are, these, this is the top league in Germany. They're done. That's it. There will not be a winner uh, for the German league this year. They are finished. Um, we also see that with, uh, the Ivy League schools coming out and and recommending that students uh, and saying students shouldn't come back to school after spring break. That's going to now affect NCAA hockey. So ECAC tournaments happening this weekend won't have spectators at them. Um, Rick, it's it's every minute there's like a new announcement from another city or another state or another governing body. It, things are happening very rapidly. Yeah, this is. Um, uh particularly with, with the NHL. Um, you had Gary Bettman um, saying, you know, we're keeping on top of it. Um, and um, if something happens, we'll do what we have to do. Uh, but let's just, let's not get too hard, far ahead of things. Let's just see how this all evolves. So um, Gary Bettman is, is standing in the middle of the crosswalk and he's, he's looking around at the buildings above and then this this swarm just comes across the the crosswalk and carries him in the direction he should have chosen to go and and that swarm is 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 the counties and 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 towns and cities and and states and provinces that are are coming up with and universities uh that are coming up with their um their own um, guidelines and restrictions and, and, 
forcing the the NHL into um, um, making decisions they should have making, made um, some time ago, and mm-hmm. uh, and the Montreal Canadiens are caught up in that too. I mean, the Canadians on their uh, official website announced their coronavirus policy. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> really? um, and their policy amounted to um, given giving um, uh, additional training uh, to their their staff and and saying you know uh, scrub a bit better and and um, and and the Canadians also and I imagine this applies to the Bell Center but I imagine it applies to Plas Bell as well that they mm-hmm. uh, were very proud that they put up posters throughout the Bell Center. Uh, reminding fans to wash their hands. And, and that's the sum total of their corona, coronavirus strategy. Listen, I've, you know, I've been in these kind of meetings. I, I know what is said. Um, you know, as long as we're seen to be doing something, we're good. Um, and in the situation where you're facing a pandemic, uh, it's just not good enough. Um, no. You know, it's, 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 it's it's like a war-torn village in in Syria you're 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 there in the 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 town square passing out pledge because the the furniture may be a little dirty and and um it's this this is serious this is this is not the flu um this is this is something that um you know typically the flu you pass to one other person um in in the coronavirus you can pass it to many multiples that's why it's spreading so so quickly and easily um the case mortality rate for the coronavirus is about 35 times that of of the common flu um and there's no immunity there's no as they call it herd immunity out there uh with the flu either those who have had the flu or those who have gotten their flu shots um this isn't the coronavirus is is new um so there's there's it it's just gone wide and widespread through the population um uh, because there is isn't a way to stop it other than distancing yourself um and the, it's it's now the realization that um you can't be putting people in these situations uh where they can be easily spreading it to others um we also know that you know it was thought that it, it the virus could just be uh, live on surfaces for a short time. Now we're they're talking about nine days. So, in those situations where you're in an arena and, and there's so many surfaces and um, it's really tough to to get it right, to get it complete, and to keep people safe. And and that's why, um, you know, particularly in in Europe. And you mentioned Italy. And and I read a. a, a a long kind of uh, it was a face originally a Facebook post uh, by a, a doctor um, who's in the situation, who's in this. And it's a plea to to those in other parts of the world uh, when they're complaining about an overreaction or uh, complaining that quarantines are such, you know, there's such an inconvenience. Um, complain, he, he described how serious the situation is and that you want to prevent it before it arrives and, and then it's all encompassing. Um, it, you do nothing else but deal with this, this, uh, this virus. Um, so I'm, I, I think that we're going to be seeing this, uh, as you said, snowball and, um, um, that, uh, this is going to lead to some, some very serious decisions that have to be made. 
I know that there's a lot of revenue at stake and certainly, you know, Gary Bettman announced the, the, the salary cap range uh, for next year. And uh, with, with so much revenue at stake for the playoffs, it's, it's, it's not only going to impact teams this year, but it's going to uh, affect the salary cap. But uh, all of that has to be set aside uh, right now because uh, the health and welfare of, of uh, everyone um, um, uh, is, is paramount, um, and that has to be put first. It absolutely does. And you see, you know, there's the governor of Ohio has said that he's now recommending, so it's not a mandate, but he's recommending that all spectators be banned from any indoor sporting events. So there you're looking at affecting the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Cleveland Monsters. Um, But again, it's not a mandate. It's a recommendation. Same thing is happening. Philadelphia city officials just came out today and said they're recommending that people do not attend gatherings indoor or outdoor that uh, have more than 5,000 people. Uh, So there you're looking at the Wells Fargo Center and concert halls and and, uh, Citizens Bank Park as we start to get closer to the the opening of baseball season. Um, But again, that's a recommendation, not a mandate. Um, It doesn't matter if there's a thousand people. It doesn't matter if there's 5000 people. All it takes is one person. Um, And so unfortunately, it looks like it's going to require governments whether it's at the municipal level, the state level, the city level, whatever it is, um, like what has happened in Santa Clara County, it's going to take mandates from local government, um, most likely, before you see spectators being kept out of hockey arenas. Um, The NCAA is going to be dealing with this very soon as the frozen, the tournaments leading up to the frozen four start to ramp up. As we said, the ECAC championships are already affected. Uh, Spectators will not be in attendance this weekend at any of the Ivy league schools for the ECAC. Um, And so the NCAA is going to have to look at this very quickly as well. Um, And as I I tweeted today, I really hope in North America, I hope the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, you know, all of the leagues, they need to have the contingency plans in place now. Maybe, you know, we can hope for the best and maybe they don't have to use those contingency plans, but it doesn't hurt to be prepared given what the trend currently is around the world with gathering people in tight spaces. Uh, To be quite honest, closing dressing rooms to the media and forcing media to cram themselves into a small hallway around a player is actually worse than letting them just have appropriate amounts of space to interview players in the dressing room. The answer there is you're going to have to stop media scrums, period. This is coming from a media person who, no, I, of course, that's, it's the lifeblood of a reporter is to be able to have that access. But at this point in time, the health of the general public and yourself has to be a bigger concern. Um, So expect to see things change. They could change rapidly. Uh, The NHL might need to have a contingency plan for what they're going to do about the playoffs. Um, And even these last three or four weeks leading into the playoffs. Um, So stay up to date on the news. Don't panic. Um, Be smart about it Um, and, and see, see where it goes and make, 
make intelligent decisions for yourself and your family, particularly if you have tickets for a hockey game or any other kind of big gathering like that. And of course, we will keep you uh, updated on how things change uh, with this landscape day to day uh, here in North America as well. And we have an update uh, just out from MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, on how they're going to handle the situation for the Leafs, the Raptors, uh, and Toronto FC. Um, They said that uh, anyone who has the uh, coronavirus symptoms and are quarantined and can verify so, uh, they will be considered for ticket refunds on a case-by-case basis. Oh, for God's sake. Like, let's get real, people. This is that's that's terrible. That's a, that's as equally bad as AIDS response. Get serious. Be responsible, and start showing some uh, leadership with respect to this issue. Absolutely. I mean, so so something like that. Um, you're basically if if you're if you're telling people we might not refund you even if you have the coronavirus, then how many of those people are going to need that money because they're stuck at home for two weeks and they can't work and they're going to say, well, if I'm not going to get my money, then I'm going to go. Um, it's yeah, that's just irresponsible. Like be better. Hockey Canada needs to do the same thing. I heard, I, I saw some things running around last weekend that they weren't going to refund ticket holders for the uh, world's, uh, the women's world hockey championships and that they would just uh, apply their ticket to next year. That's, if if that's true, that's completely unacceptable. Um, it's a sticky situation. It is going to turn businesses and corporations and, and, and organizations upside down trying to figure out the logistics of handling all of this. We're well aware of that, but it has to be done. Uh, so we will uh, we'll keep keep an eye out and we will keep you posted. Remember. At the AHL report on Twitter, we, we are constantly retweeting the latest updates uh, about this in particular. Uh, so make sure you're following us there and we'll get you all of the good information, the appropriate information that you need to know uh, in terms of this epidemic and pandemic in relation to the sport of hockey. And we are actually going to take one more quick break. On the flip side of that, we're going to go beyond the AHL, give you uh, just a little bit of news about the Fort Wayne Comets in the ECHL uh, before we wrap things up for today. It's it's a really interesting story, uh, one that could be pretty controversial, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, it's, it's really intriguing. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. 
Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, I will remind you, head over to Twitter. Be sure you're following us at the AHL Report for all the latest news and updates regarding uh, this great sport of hockey. Um, Before we sign off today, Rick, we wanted to go beyond the AHL. And there's there's a story that is out. It actually just hit uh, yesterday. And if you Google it, there's not a lot out there yet because the ECHL uh, is investigating, but they haven't made a comment yet. Neither ha- and, the, and the Fort Wayne Comets are completely zipped on the subject. They haven't even acknowledged it. But I happened to see a, a tweet fly by me yesterday, and I was like, wait a minute, what does that say? There is um, a player by the name of Will Pechenig. Uh, he's a 25-year-old defenseman who um, plays for the Fort Wayne Comets. Um, he spent a, a few years playing for the Oshawa Generals um, and then went and played um, in the Swiss League for a few years. And this year uh, was back in North America playing in the ECHL. And on his Twitter feed, uh, you can find him at... Petch95, that's P-E-T-S-C-H-95, he posted his official statement regarding the termination of his contract with Fort Wayne. Um, And it was his decision to terminate his contract with the Fort Wayne Comets. And I'm just going to read you an excerpt uh, from it because this, I've never heard anything like this. Um, A few weeks ago, he says, My signature was used without my knowledge to sign a medical document that is commonly referred to as the injured reserve. The team excused this breach of my trust by explaining that it was a necessary decision to not lose another rostered player in action to help achieve their goals at my expense. Ultimately, my signature was placed on this document without my consent, something that is both unethical and illegal. I was made aware of this situation at our home game on February 19th by a curious Comets fan asking why I was listed on the injured reserve. In the ECHL, the league requires approval and signatures from the coach or general manager, the player, the athletic trainer, and the team doctor in order to be placed on injured reserve. I was never approached or asked to sign this document. I reached out to the league the following day, February 20th, requesting a copy of the injured reserve document where I was able to see a copy of my signature on a document I had never seen or signed. As a result of this, I was forced to sit for a short period of season. Uh, he has some other thing. He's got a charitable organization that he's, he's sad to say will no longer be affiliated with the Comets, that he'll be doing that on his own. But then he's, he does go on to say the reason I have decided to go public with this information is solely to protect myself, my teammates on the Fort Wayne Comets and other players. So they do not find themselves in this situation. 
I want it to be known that my teammates have supported my decision during this difficult time, and I wish everyone in the organization nothing but the best going forward. I mean, Rick, we should qualify this by saying this is only the player's side of the story. Again, the Fort Wayne Comets have not made a statement about this at all, and the ECHL has simply said that they are aware of it. Uh, They are aware of the allegation. They're investigating it, but they have no comment at this time. So right now, this is only one, one half of a story. But if these allegations are true, this is exceptionally egregious on the part of the Fort Wayne Comets. For a player to find out he's on IR because a fan happened to see it and asked him about it and, and his signature was applied to a document without his consent, that's, um, that's some treacherous area right there. Yeah, Ryan uh, Krenlin is uh, the commissioner of the ECHL, um, and and he kind of explained it, um, saying, you know, we get these forms all the time. They're signed and sent in. Uh, this is a quote, by the way. If a player is not available and there's a signature and he says, go ahead and send it in, if, there can, if that's a consent, then I don't see an issue. I'm not sure that there's a standard practice. Um, and as you said, he, he's, uh, they are investigating and, and, and wanting to, uh, get to the bottom of it. Um, but, uh, one of the beat reporters for the Fort Wayne Comets, Justin Cohn has talked to uh, kind of off the record to some of the Comets players. Um, and the Comets players have been informed by the team, um, that their, uh, signature is on file and that it could be used for paperwork as long as, you know, they get, they've given approval. Um, so the question is, um, you know, did Pestinig give his, his approval? He says no. Um, the Comets would probably argue yes. Um, and that's where, the, that's where it comes down to. But it's a, it's a very unusual case, uh, particularly how it's been, uh, settled by the player uh, having to uh, leave his con- leave the team and leave his contract. Um, bizarre, uh, just bizarre. Um, but uh, I imagine we're going to be hearing more about this uh, in the near future. I imagine we will too. And I imagine there may be some, some rules clarifications perhaps that, that end up being made uh, regarding this in terms of uh, usage of, Um, electronic signatures and what it takes to provide consent by a player to use them. Um, And I certainly understand, uh, I understand their use. Say a a player is, as they say, unreachable or he's injured and not in the, if he's not in the same state, if he's not, if they're traveling, if it's not convenient for him to physically sign a piece of paper, then, then they say, yeah, sure. Just use my electronic signature. It's fine. Um, Now, this player is alleging that not only did he not give his consent, he didn't even know that, that this was happening. It's he's, he's claiming that he didn't, it's not that Fort Wayne came to him and said, we want to put you on IR for this reason, this reason, this reason. And he said, no, it was that he didn't even know that this was happening at all. Um, So again, we only have his side of the story. We don't know what Fort Wayne's going to say. Um, but it's a very serious allegation, serious enough that he, as you say, he has simply said, that, look, look I, I'm done. Contract's over. I, I, I won't be a part of a team that's going to do something like this. 
um, and get away with it. So um, it will be really interesting to see how this plays out and if it forces any language changing in in uh, rules and and so forth uh, for the ECHL and and for any other of the leagues to have that kind of uh, that kind of language with electronic signatures. Um, something very different, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. It's just bizarre. Just bizarre. Well, this week we did say uh, that we've got a lot of hockey. Laval and Lehigh Valley both play three times this week. Uh, they both play on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, for the Laval Rocket, they play at home against Belleville on Wednesday, against Binghamton Friday night, and against Binghamton Saturday afternoon, all at Place Bell. Uh, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, they also have a three-game homestand hosting Wilkesbury on Wednesday night and Friday night, and then they host Toronto on Saturday night. So lots of hockey coming. Be sure you're following at the AHL report. We'll have uh, lots of coverage uh, between uh, myself. I'll be doing I'll I'll be doing the live uh, tweeting of the game updates at Flyers Rule. Uh, Chris G will be at Place Bell for all three of those games. He'll be doing your game recaps on Friday and Saturday night, as well as getting post game audio uh, players and coaches. Uh, permitting that they provide, um, I, I believe that they are uh, taking all post-game audio in the uh, press, uh, kind of the press conference room that's next to the, the Rocket uh, dressing room. So uh, Chris will have post-game audio uh, for those three games as well. So be sure you've got it locked at the AHL report and uh, lots to come, Rick. And if, if can you tell folks where they can find um, – all of our podcasts and archives of our podcasts. If they want to go back and listen to, to more of from the press box, or if they want to catch Canadians connection with you and Joe Whalen live on Saturdays. Well, your first stop should be to ahlreport.com. And uh, speaking of Chris G um, he has a new rocket notepad that was published uh, this morning with all the um, uh, capsule article of, of everything that uh, you need to know that's been going on with respect to the, the Laval rocket. Um, as far as the podcasts, um, you want to look for rocket sports radio, rocket sports radio on all of your favorite uh, podcast app. Just search for rocket sports radio. You'll get the Canadians connection. Uh, that's the Canadians uh, focused uh, podcast with Joe Whalen and myself and this podcast from the press box. And, and we're really proud to uh, provide these to you. We're proud to hear from you. Uh, and that there's been so much, uh, so many listeners and, and uh, uh, that it's uh, quite uh, a, a growth this, this year. And we, we really are, are happy that you've uh, joined us and, and also interacting with us. And if, if you want to reach out to us either on Twitter, Facebook, um, or uh, by our Rocket Sports text line, we'd like to hear from you. The Rocket Sports text line is... Uh, five eight five three rocket. That's five eight five three rocket. Twenty four hours a day. Love it, and we get some good messages there too. It's uh, they're always uh, really, really good, really good stuff from our listeners. We are so glad you've joined us. Um, make sure you stay safe out there. Wash your hands a few extra times. Keep that hand sanitizer close by. Um, Rick, thank you for joining me today. It's going to be an exciting week, and I, I'm going to bet that next week uh, for St. Patrick's Day. When we meet again, I'm going to bet that we have a lot to talk about. 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> things are changing fast uh, in the world of hockey and in the, and in the world as well. That's right. So thanks so much for joining us. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did bringing you all of uh, today's news and topics in this week's episode of From the Press Box. And we hope to see you back here again next Tuesday. That's right. St. Patty's Day. Join us and uh, we'll talk a lot of hockey. Have fun. And keep on.